Hello and welcome back to Malisi Network. My guest today is Lauren Smith. She works at the NHS. She's also a coach that focuses on well-being and self-development. Looking forward to this one, so let's go straight in. Thank you very much for joining. Welcome. Lauren? Yeah, hello. How are we? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Good. I'm guessing it's been a stressful couple of months for you. I mean, it's it's just de- it's definitely different. Um, I wouldn't say so much stressful because because obviously I work in the NHS, so I'm lucky enough that I've managed to maintain a routine, and I still get to go to work, which has kept me sane, to be honest. Um, I think if I was stuck at home and self isolating every single day, that would probably probably send me a bit around the bend. But yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay then. So let's start with who is Lauren Smith? Okay. It's a big question. No. <laughs> um okay, so so my name's Lauren and I live in Liverpool. Born in Liverpool, grew up here, stayed in Liverpool, um, went to university, studied psychology, got my degree. Um in Liverpool. In Liverpool, of course, in Liverpool. <laughs> um and since then um, I guess I've been on my own journey really of understanding what people are about and, and the needs of different people and what it is that I want to do in this life. Um, so who am I as a person? I'd like to think that I'm quite empathetic and understanding of people. Um, yeah. I'd like to think that I have quite a positive outlook on life. Um, and I always try to be proactive and take action on things that, that I think are valuable or things that I feel are quite important. Um, so I have like a background in, in psychology, working in mental health, working with people with addictions. Um, did, you always, did you always want to get into um, psychology? I think, how old was I when I first realised I wanted to, to get into psychology? I think it was probably around my teens when I started to look into what people are really about and question why do we do the things that we do? which is one of the main questions in psychology. It's understanding human behaviour and, and the mind and things like that. Um, and I think I think it was probably around the time when I was doing like my GCSEs and deciding what I wanted to do for my A-levels and thinking about the future and what direction I wanted to take. Um, and at that time as well, my mum was such a massive influence to me. So we used to, at home, have conversations that were quite sort of, psychology deep. deep yeah and psychology based and and you know questioning why do people do what they do so I think Very having good. those question, those conversations with my mum she's probably massively influenced me to go down that route and then taking psychology at a level I just fell in love with the subject and and I found passion for it so so I guess she that's that's what kick-started it all really yeah so what did you learn since you like you were in university and since you left, was university worth it or do you think it was a waste of time? Do you think you should have gone in to like um, get more experience? What are your thoughts on just university as a whole? I mean, it's totally, it depends, doesn't it, really, on, on the individual and what it is that you want to do in life. I mean, I, I enjoyed my time at university, but by the time I got to like my third year, I just kind of wanted to step away from education and do something a little bit more hands-on because up to that point I'd been studying my whole life sitting in the classroom sitting in lectures and learning about a subject but never really putting it into practice um 
So, I mean, it depends, doesn't it, like what you want to do. So I only took it to degree level. I could go and do a master's, do a PhD. But I think when it comes down to it, that's not really what I want to do because I know that there are other ways for me to actually achieve my goals. Um, yeah. It's not. A, it's definitely, it wasn't a waste of time. It's not a waste of money because it gives you the, the ground tools that you need. So it gives you yeah. like tools in like research and obviously writing essays and things like that, yeah. Yeah, I think when I was in university, what I got the most out of it was of meeting new people and just being in a new environment and top of just continuing education because obviously when you're in school college you kind of take a lot of people that you've grown up with along that journey and then mm-hmm. when you go to university you might still have some of those people around but it's totally different which I mm-hmm. thought that's quite interesting yeah definitely I think as well <clears throat> excuse me when you go to university most people tend to go around the age of 18 and looking back so I'm 25 now and looking back when you're 18 you're so young like you still don't really know much about the world um and and submersing yourself in different environments can open your eyes to to different areas and aspects of life and a lot of people go to uni and then decide that that's not the subject that they want to do some people leave uni altogether and end up doing something completely different so it just depends on the individual doesn't it and like yeah. your your long-term goals but but yeah 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 when we spoke it was like you're working the NHS and pretty much working in terms of with your mind a lot as well and then how did you get into like the NLP and the coaching side of things is it just gradually progressing for I'm getting so much experience I can now share my (laughs) ideology and stuff like that um so so what happened so whilst I was at university I it was at the end of my second year of uni I went on this like extended uni project which was to volunteer in India it was like a month-long project working in a college for young women, um, teaching English as a second language and then giving them confidence around that. And that was an amazing experience. And then at the end of my degree, I went to Sri Lanka and I did a mental health placement in Sri Lanka. So that was like traveling around to various different projects in an area um, and working with people. So like adult, adults in mental health residentials, um, special needs children and orphanages, we visited the psychiatry ward in like a general hospital. Um, so I had all those different experiences, came back to the UK and I was like, right, I need a job. I need to start making some money. <laughs> um, so my first job after uni was working in different hostels for high risk offenders. So yeah. people who'd been released from prison who were on a license at risk of being homeless and have anywhere to stay long term. They would come and stay in the hostels and I would work there to support them um from from quite a number of aspects really so support them with like their mental health their finances guide them into finding stable accommodation um and then that job i guess it, it, it honestly it gave me so much experience and it really did open my eyes to like another side of life that most people don't see um and a lot of the clients that i worked with they were living with drug and alcohol addictions as well yeah, I, um, I guess you get to proper know them because they share their story and they're all so different it was like as you said you open your eyes to another side that would have been like wow yeah definitely like the, the thing is like those those people those clients that I've worked with they've come from backgrounds that 
aren't necessarily the same as maybe you or I and I don't want to assume but like yeah. they obviously they haven't really been given the best start in life they haven't been equipped with the same tools that maybe you or I have now um, yeah. and that's led them down the path of making the wrong decisions um, so so then I went to work for the NHS which is where I still work now I work in a drug and alcohol detox unit um, we also work with mental health patients um, but being in those roles I kind of felt a little bit restricted in, in, in what I could actually do and the ways that I could do it. Um, and I didn't really want to go back to uni. I didn't want to get a master's because I'd seen other people in like my peer group who've gone down the route of gaining a master's and then they're still in the same position the same that they were in yeah. before it. Yeah. So I thought, well, what else can I do? Um, so then I found the world of NLP and it just really interested me because it is all about the mindset and it is all about creating lasting change and creating something for yourself so I took um, took an NLP practitioner course qualified as an NLP practitioner and coach which also gave me two extra certificates in hypnotherapy and timeline therapy and since then I think what I've been doing is just using all of those skills Skill. and the tools that I've gained to to go out there and, and keep on helping people and support people and helping people to actually create a life that they want to have um and in the process of me doing that I too am creating a life that I want to have so you know there's there's definitely other ways there's other options for you to to get what you want you don't always have yeah. to have all the right qualifications you don't have to have a master's a PhD for you to go out and do what it is that you really want to do and that's only something that I've realized in the past year I had this belief for such a long time that because I wasn't accredited in a particular way or because I didn't have a certain qualification, it limited me and it meant that I couldn't go out and do the thing that I really wanted to do. But I've realised now that that's not true at all. Yes, yeah, a massive point that is because a lot of people will go and waste a lot of time getting this course or this thing you wear. The best thing like you're doing in a way is you're going to got the experience and then you're coming up with your own kind of story and coaching where you see all these top people and even if it's sports coaching or any coaching where mm -hmm. they they find all the answers themselves and then put that to practice and if it's working you don't need to have 25 certificates to say I went mm -hmm. on this course so that's a great point where some people are holding themselves back just to have that credible thing that they can put a sticker on their website or something like that where some people they don't even care about that they just want you to obviously know what you're talking about and then share your story, mm -hmm. share your skills and then go ahead and do it. It's, yeah, it's exactly. And there are a lot of people out there who have every qualification under the sun and they're really not that good at the job because maybe they don't have the experience or they don't really have the understanding of what other people are about. So, so yeah, yeah. And, and even like some of the most successful, say like mindset coaches, NLP practitioners, some of them don't have degrees some of them don't ne never left school with qualifications and it's about what you actually create for yourself beyond that and recognizing that the limitations that you impose on yourself are limitations that you've imposed on yourself through conditioning through you know being told you need x y and z in order to do this it's not always true yeah it's crazy um, yeah so in terms of your coaching and your page, um, have how's that been going in terms of growing that and or you've more focusing on getting the product ready and then pushing more of that out? 
I mean, to be, it's a bit of a journey, really, isn't it? Because I am yeah. still on my own journey of creating and, and fine-tuning yeah. and, and finding yeah. my niche and, and, and finding exactly what it is that I'm really passionate about. I know generally what it is I'm passionate about, but I think in this process, the journey that I'm on, um, I'm not so strict with myself. I'm not yeah. so, you know... Being like, patient. I'm being patient with it because I feel like it has to be right and I don't want to rush into anything. Um, yeah. And I am st- I'm still quite busy, so obviously I work in the NHS full time, but I've also been working in prisons as well around the UK. Um, so we've been working quite a bit in Bristol Prison, where we go in and we sit down with a group of guys, group of inmates, and we teach them about NLP. And we we've basically flood them with all this information of yeah. this is how the mind works. These are like models of change. This is what you can do. Go away and do what it do with it what you want to do. And that's really fun. That's interesting. It's nice to be in a different environment and and work with people in that sense as well. Yeah, and I suppose like even your patients, you're still your job as well with the NHS. You're constantly in the environment that you're improving. Like say if you were doing your NLP stuff, but then you were like um, a netball coach or something. I I suppose you're still coaching, kind of getting some of that. But it's totally different when you're constantly in an environment that's still pushing you even further to get more questions and find out exactly what you want to focus on in terms of your journey right yeah exactly and it gives you the experience of working closely with with different groups of people as well and all of those experiences you know they're not meaningless they all lead you to somewhere whether you realize it or not sometimes it takes time for you to look back at a situation and look back in retrospect and then then you you realize what the learnings were you realize what it is that you've taken away from it sometimes you don't always get that whilst you're in the moment um yeah so, so do you have a good group of people you work with um that inspire you or in what you're yeah, doing at yeah definitely so like obviously working in the nhs we have we have a good staff team and we all care about the patients um and you know the, the drug and alcohol patients that we treat obviously when they come into detox there is a massive physical side to their detox so a lot of them will struggle physically so that that obviously can be the main focus of getting them through a detox and then afterwards we can focus on like the psychological side to it um but yeah it's good and I think having a good network of people around you as well that is definitely important um I've had to go out and build my own network in the past year um, to find like-minded people, to find people who want, I guess, the same thing as you and, and who can support you in that. Um, yeah. Definitely. And have you found, like, you know, people in your environment when you've been involved with them have been helping you or pushing you to research new stuff and just grow? Um, yeah, definitely. So I've been involved so I've been talking to this this woman who I've gotten to know over the past few months or so maybe since last year um and she runs her own really successful business but that isn't necessarily what it is that she wants to do specifically it's not really her passion um so in the process she's wanting to help me to actually achieve my goals which helps her to achieve her goals. So it's kind of like finding that balance between where's your where's your support network? How can you all help each other and support each other to to reach those goals? Because obviously I know what I know, but I don't know what I don't know, if you know what I mean? Yeah. So other people could be looking in from the outside and say, well, you know, I've got so many ideas for you, 
why don't you try this? And it might be something that I've never thought of before. Um, so yeah, other people are definitely a, a good positive influence to have. So is it like a bit like mentorship kind of thing with this lady and like you're both bouncing off each other kind of thing or? Yeah, basically. Like so so it, she's only just starting out in this and I'm acting sort of like as her guinea pig for yeah. her to find out her own way of doing things and how she can support people. She basically wants to help people who've got ideas um, and goals and actually put them into action to help them to create businesses and generate money and, and to help them achieve their goals, which in the process is great because I get the support that I need and it's helping her as well and it gives her the credibility. Um, and she's fantastic. She's definitely, I think she'll go really far in what she wants to do. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. So in terms of what's been happening with COVID and stuff, um, how's that been as a whole? Are your thoughts on it? Um, yeah, just tell me what you're thinking. Um, are we going to come out everyone a bit more positive or what are your I, thoughts? Then? I think the world will never be the same again. <laughs> it yeah. will never be the same. Um, there's obviously there's negative aspects to the situation, but there's definitely a lot of positive stuff that we can take from it. Um I think it can be quite difficult for people who are perhaps living alone or for people who already are suffering with mental health issues, people who suffer with like anxiety and depression, um, in particular like generalised anxiety. So I think people who are living with generalised anxiety anyway, they can often have like this deep-rooted belief or a fear that the world outside is quite a scary place. Um, and I think having coronavirus around and the drastic changes that we've had to take across the world that can just act to confirm that belief um, so I think for people who are dealing with mental health issues anyway it can exacerbate the situation but we need to be proactive and making sure that everyone is inclusive and everyone's cared for and everyone's looked after even if it's just asking people you know how are you how are you really what's really going on for you right now are you stuck at home are you on your own how are you coping what people do you have to reach out to? Yeah, that's massive. There's just so many people that you don't know that might be even your neighbours or etc. Um, mm. If you need the help, but then on top of that, they might have been suffering with other issues that they might then, this situation, they might open up a bit more. So it's going to be interesting to see um, what happens when we come out of this. So. Yeah, but do you know what, though? I've, I've noticed definitely, even in just the, like the little community where I live, the area that I live in, Liverpool, um, yeah. people are definitely looking out for each other people are more open to having conversations obviously at a socially distanced point but um even while I've been like on my way to work there's people in my community that I see all the time like we cross paths all the time but we've never really spoken and now all of a sudden it's like oh hi how are you how are you getting on you know it's people are definitely more caring and more inclined to reach out to those close to them yeah it's funny it's funny how like say um I always think, say, when you go on holiday and you like, say, in a different country and then there might be a family or a couple that are from the UK and then straight away you'd create like a bond and because yeah. you're from different country. <laughs> so now you're going outside and you're just walking or whatever and you've seen another group of people walking and you're like, hi, how you doing? And you yeah. never speak to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. But you know what, though? It's nice because I think, I think when, once this is over or once normal life resumes I think this will continue and I think it's highlighted the importance of other people like we're social beings we need other people to survive 
and even just those small sort of like minute social interactions can mean the world to someone it can have such a positive effect um and I think well I hope anyway I hope that will carry that through with us in the future and not forget this time and not forget how important it is to support each other yeah definitely yeah. so what um let's talk a bit about traveling and your thoughts on traveling I know you went to India right you said um yeah what was that experience like and where else have you been um, so that, so at that time in my life, so that was 2015 when I went, and at that time in my life, my internal world was like going crazy. A lot of changes were happening. My belief system was changing drastically. Um, and India as a country is quite a spiritual place. Um, so to be there and to like sort of submerse myself into their culture and their way of life, I loved it. It was an amazing experience. And then to have the opportunity as well of, of working with so many young women to teach them English, to teach them the confidence and speak a new language. Just, just so grateful for the experience and the opportunity of being able to go over there. Um, definitely want to go back though, because I didn't get to travel around as much as I'd like to. We stayed mainly in, in South India, um, but I'd like to go back one day and travel up north. Definitely. Yeah, and when I did some research as well, I've seen like you've been to places also like Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was, so I went to Sri Lanka, did a mental health placement in Sri Lanka, so um, it wasn't just strictly to mental health though, so we were like teaching young male monks in temples. Always learning. What? Always learning. Always learning, you never stop learning, you never do. Um, But yeah, Sri Lanka was, Sri Lanka was great, so over weekends when we went in projects, we got to travel around see the country a little bit more which was amazing um but my most recent trip abroad was a spontaneous trip to madrid um and that was in december so it was like a week before my birthday i'd been feeling a bit down um i'd just come off some night shifts where i work and that just throws you off anyway and i just thought right we'll come to the end of the year now coming into this century i need to get out i need to go do something quick before the year's out um and I just looked to find like what was the cheapest flight and it was a flight to Madrid and I've never been before but I'd heard lovely things about it so I thought you know what I'm just gonna go (laughs) I'm just gonna book the flight and I'm just gonna go so I went the the week later the week after I booked the flight and I just went by myself I stayed in a hostel which I'd never done before that was definitely an interesting experience um met loads of lovely people there though not a negative experience like everything was fine like I didn't have I didn't have a problem with it um met loads of lovely people and the first night that I spent in Madrid because I was doing a bit of research before I went I went to this um it's like a language exchange I think they call it intercambios where you just people just meet up in a cafe or a bar or restaurant whatever and you just practice speaking in different languages so my Spanish isn't really that good (laughs) I I was expecting you to say my Spanish is amazing (laughs) No. I was going to pull you out. <laughs> no, please don't ask me to say anything in Spanish because it'll go. No, no, it's, um, I know a little tiny bit, but not enough to speak it fluently. Um, but anyway, I went to this language exchange and obviously because I'm a native English speaker, mm. everybody wanted to practice their English with me, which was great. It meant that I didn't have to, like, you know, practice any Spanish, make a show of myself. Um, but no, it was, it was such an experience because I met loads of people from that night. And then I actually got invited to this so the girl who was hosting the event I got invited to her birthday party the next night in her home so on the Saturday night I was like at yeah. this girl's house 
never met her before at this party and then we ended up being out all night and just the the people were so accommodating so lovely um and I, like once I got back I just felt like I had a zest for life again I felt like I'd found um found excitement again yeah and um yeah I think I think everyone at least once should go away somewhere on their own that they've never been to before it's definitely experience I went to Barcelona a few years before that and that was a completely different experience um to Madrid for lots of different reasons but but yeah going away to a country or a city or a place that you've never been to before somewhere abroad somewhere where you can't speak the language you know it, it gets you out your comfort zone it widens your view on life and you just don't really know what's going to happen but I think you have to be quite sort of comfortable and confident in yourself to do that first otherwise it can be quite an overwhelming experience yeah because well, I've been a lot of times to Madrid it's Liverpool are my two favourite cities um which one did you prefer Madrid or did you prefer Barcelona I think just because of the experience I had in Madrid, I'd have to say Madrid. I've got more memories from being in Madrid. Um, I still speak to some of the people that I made friends with while I was there. Um, Barcelona as a, as a city is absolutely beautiful. I love how it combines like the modern aspects and the old traditional, like the Gothic Quarter. I love that. I love the fact there's a beach there as well. So you can have your city break and the beach holiday in one. Um, oh, yeah, but I think for me, I think Madrid does it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Love it. So your journey now um, and like your mindset, have you reflected as you think, wow, from like, say, when I decided from, say, um, to from uni to when you're having a conversation with your mum about where you are now, have you reflected? Mm-hmm see wow I've come such a far way and I've experienced so much things to just grow how you think and how you look at things to then obviously with your coaching have you reflecting on wow I'm actually proud of myself or have you not had time to actually go whoa probably the latter because I still kind of have the mindset of I need more I want to do more I still have goals in the future that I want to achieve I don't really feel like I'm there yet in terms of where I want to be um I think I have come far though people tell me all the time <laughs> you know you've done so much and I, d- I think over the years I think I forget about all the things that I've done um like like my mental health placements abroad and things like that but I think it's coming from I mean I'm, I'm quite happy I'm really happy with where I'm at and where I've come from but I think having that mindset of no there's still more that I want to do there's still more that I've got to reach um I think that sort of keeps me in a loop of keep going, keep keep getting there, keep achieving things, always look for the next step to take. Um, yeah, yeah. So what's um, a big part of when I've been doing these podcasts, I've been talking about the supportive network around you, so like your family, friends, people who just mm-hmm. go, oh, like you say, I'm going to Madrid, I'm doing this, and they're like, go, or do they like don't go stay at home or whatever what's your supportive network been like just on your journey um I think I mean I've got some friends who are like oh my god that's absolutely terrifying why would you go abroad somewhere on your own and then I've got other friends who are really quite like-minded and and get out there and do that sort of stuff themselves um my mum she is a she is like the biggest influence in my life she's amazing she's my absolute rock um so she's probably shaped me to be the person that I am that I am now more than anyone um and I think we are both quite like-minded in that sense 
um, of, you know, just get out there and, and try and do and create as much as you can. You have to create a life for yourself because no one else is going to do that for you. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that's good. Yeah, so I'm going to do a thing that I do on the episode where I ask you one thing and then you have to give me an answer or just give me a little explanation about it, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so the first part, it's so uh, Liverpool or Manchester is a favourite city? <laughs> is that a joke question? <laughs> and just seeing all if all your Liverpool fans are going to just leave this chat. <laughs> is that actually a joke question? <laughs> Obviously, Liverpool. Liverpool. Obviously, yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts, Liverpool? Um, As a city to live in, anything. Um, I love it. I love, I love the city. I love the people. I love the fact that we have a particular sense of humour, a particular way about us. Um, I guess sometimes when when you're in the middle of it, you can't always see it from like another person's point of view, but from People that I've spoken to have not been from Liverpool and they've, they've lived in Liverpool for a while or visited the city. They always say the same thing, that we are some of the most friendliest people, despite the, the stigma attached to like being a scouser. We are actually some of the most friendliest people. Um, and, you know, you can always walk into a pub or a bar in the city centre and start talking to someone. And I think that's that sort of runs right through the core of who we are as people in Liverpool. We do care about well, each other. Definitely like community, isn't it, in Liverpool? Yeah. Do you know what, Liverpool, it's such a, a small city in a way. It is like a village. You know, you'll always find someone that where you have, like, mutual friends. So when I was in the, in the airport in Madrid coming back home, um, the, the flight was delayed for, like, three hours. And so it, it just ended up with, like, a load of, like, Spanish people and, like, this big bunch of scousers who were, like, frustrated because we're bored, who want to get home to late at night. Um, and I got to talk to this girl. It turns out we had a mutual friend and we knew the same people. And that was just at an airport in Madrid. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not disregarding Manchester. I do like Manchester as a city, as, a, as, yeah. as people and stuff like that. But I think Liverpool's where gonna, it's at. Yeah, you got you got to support the homegrown, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One thing you're grateful for. Um, one thing I'm grateful for, well, there's so many, um, I'd have to say my mum and I know that everyone loves their mum and the mum is everything to them, but my mum is really a special person. Um, she's been through a lot. We've both been through quite a lot actually, um, growing up as a family and she's definitely influenced me and shaped me into who I am today. She's such an amazing person and I can always go to her no matter what it is. Um, so, yeah, definitely grateful for my mum. I don't know where I'd be without her, actually. Yeah. Yeah, my mum. She's crying right now. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> One place you want to visit next? Um, I'd like to go to East Asia. So I'd like to travel around Bali, Thailand maybe pop over to Australia. Um, even though I spent some time in India and Sri Lanka, I didn't really get to see much of the country because I was there like volunteering and, yeah. and working and stuff. So I'd like to take some time out and travel around Thailand and Bali and just enjoy it and just see it as like a big adventure and a, and a holiday and just relax. Yeah, and just relax for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely go ahead. 
and Thailand's amazing and Australia is it's the greatest place ever. Yeah. Seriously, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to go. But obviously, I don't think it's going to happen for a while with, <laughs> yeah, with everything that's going on. Yeah, yeah, not now. Don't take that not advice now. now. <laughs> Hopefully next year. Hopefully. Yeah. One social media site that if you had to keep and you could only use that, that's it. Which one would it be? So for the rest of your life, you only allowed one. What's your social media that you like? Um, it would ha- it'd have to be Instagram. As much as that, there's so much stigma around Instagram and Instagram influencers and the vanity of it, but I think it's also it can be used in such a positive way. It's all about how you use it. So I try to follow. Well, I do. I, I follow a lot of accounts and a lot of pages that I find inspiration from, or a lot of yeah. accounts that give out positive stuff. Um, yeah. If I find I think... if I come across something that like doesn't really sit right with me. I don't follow it because I just think I don't really need that negative influence in my life. I don't need something there on the outside that's going to sort of, yeah. like, give me a negative vibe. Um, so I think it is all about how you use it. Yeah, I think it's it's got to a point that people who are kind of fake or however they use it, they, they get kind of found out in a way. And it's mm-hmm. like... Um, it's like what we talk about, your environment and stuff. Like, I've heard it so many... Your surroundings, people you're around, is literally what you end up being like and um, it's like say when you follow these pages it's you're in that environment and just keep on learning and you find something and then before you know it you just clicked on a page and now you've you've ended up in India just looking at someone's page but it's they might be doing something that you're like oh that's quite interesting that's the power mm-hmm. of how like social media is really positive you can literally like I reached out to you and I looked at your page it's like oh she's doing great stuff I want to get her on mm-hmm. um it's it's how you use it and that environment of the pages you do follow and stuff it's so important because you generally could follow loads of rubbish and be like what's the point in this and like mm-hmm. I have my personal one and then I have this kind of, a few of my businesses as well and it's just like the main thing is be yourself but then also use it to your advantage because it's crazy when you do use it to your advantage because it's yeah. a powerful tool yeah you have to you have to be really selective and in what it is that you're absorbing every single day because let's face it a lot of us do spend a lot of time on Instagram even if it's just to sit there be brain dead for five minutes and just switch off um but all the time you are absorbing all of that information whether you're aware of it consciously it's going in unconsciously and there'll be a lot of messages in that information that you might you won't necessarily notice that you're processing you have so you have to be selective in what it is that you're looking at um, I've got a few of like my female friends who've often like complained and compared themselves to all these gorgeous, beautiful women on Instagram where they're photoshopped and there's not a flaw on their body. And then they come away feeling a really, you know, feel really down about it and a bit shit about themselves. Mm. And I just think like you have to stop that, that comparison. One of my favourite quotes, I always forget who said it, but he says, um, comparison is the thief of joy. And I think the moment you step into comparing yourself to other people, it, it, I think it, you have to do it healthily. You have yeah. to come at it from a point of view of, okay, well, they've got this, they've got that thing. I really want to have that thing as well. Let me find out how exactly they've done it. And I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll basically model their excellent behaviour to get the same results, not come at it from a point of view of, well, they, yeah, exactly. You don't want to come from a point of view of lacking. You want to yeah. have like that abundance mindset um creates a lot of self-doubt and a lot of people doesn't it um it can do but I think you it, there comes a point when you have to take personal responsibility for that if you notice yourself 
scrolling through social media and it's making you feel really negative about yourself and it's bringing up your lack of like self-worth you know you question your identity you have to bring it right back to you and and question why you're going down that route why are you thinking those things why are you coming from a place of lacking rather than abundance um, yeah yeah I definitely get that and one thing you want to achieve in the next week for yourself personally in the next week are you Ooh. too too busy? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm still working full time in the NHS. Yeah. So, one thing that I'd like to achieve in the next week, um, I think I'd like to be a little bit more present online and and sort of what's the phrase that they call nowadays? Um, what's the phrase that they call? Show up when you show up in your own life when you show up for yourself. <laughs> Show up for yourself, yeah. Not show up. Yeah, show up. It sounds like show up for your life, Lauren. (laughs) Show up for yourself. Yeah, when you step into like being your true self and you show up for yourself rather than just hiding away. Because it's so easy to like hide behind fear of being seen by other people. Um, so I think that's probably one thing that I would like to focus on in the next week is is not hide behind fear and to yeah to show up in my life <laughs> yeah Hello. okay so the last part of the podcast it's what is life to lauren smith so define life for me so far or just your thoughts on what is life and i think you've touched upon a lot of the points about creating something for yourself creating the life you want uh, yeah so go ahead mm-hmm. okay i think to me life is Life is a series of moments, memories, experiences, and it is what you create it. You could live a life where you're not really fulfilled or happy and you're just sort of dwindling along, living unconsciously and just doing the next thing because you've been programmed to do that thing since you were a child and never really question it. Or you can become the most self-aware person that you can be and step into your true self and actually start doing things that you know, you find passionate, things that get you energised, things that, you know, you really want to wake up in the morning and get going and get doing it. You've created a goal for yourself that's really compelling. And I yeah. think for a lot of people who haven't necessarily found their own individual purpose, life can, I guess life can seem a little bit dull. So I think to me, yeah, it's about, it's about having fun, having excitement in your life, having goals Sweet. that yeah having stuff that makes you feel energized um yeah yeah i'm crying right now alone do you want a tissue (laughs) just show up guys she's telling you to show up show up yeah 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 thank you for when i reached out um for responding so quick and being just positive to join the podcast it's been amazing you're most welcome thank you for having me um I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed sharing ideas and stories. It's it's nice to do. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Look forward to seeing where your journey goes and we'll definitely keep in contact. Yeah, definitely. Cool. And yeah, you keep working hard for the NHS. Gotta keep going. Gotta keep going. And also guys, stay at home. Don't be silly. You need to stay at home unless stay it's home. necessary. Stay at home. Stay yeah. at home and show up in your homes. Show up in your homes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Very much. Fun.
Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's the end of that one. As Lauren said, just turn up and show up. That's a day at home. Save lives. Um, great podcast with Lauren. Thank you for connecting. Um, I reached out and she was 100% up for this podcast. And yeah, look forward to seeing where her journey goes. And just keep creating, guys. Create something for your life, she said. Go and do it. Turn up, guys. Thank you and have a great day.